Beyond and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dornbush and this is Beyond episode 597, IGN's weekly PlayStation show where we tell you all the latest and greatest going on in the world of PlayStation and give you our opinions on the games we've been playing, talk about rumors, news, previews, reviews, did I say reviews again? No, that was uh, the first time. Views, the v- album. V- yeah. Uh, and that's about the, it. The Drake album? Yeah, the Drake album. Okay. We talk about that every week. Do you not remember? No, did you do that after I leave? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, anyway, my <laughs> name again is Jonathan Dormish. This is episode 597. I am joined by Tom Marks. Hello. Uh, Tom, is it... Um, I have so many R names I'm going to go first to. Is it Brian Altano is also with us? Yes, I'm you here. You are with us. We yes. can confirm. Great. Beyond. Thank you so yeah. much. If you're uh, watching the video, our, our names, our titles are a little screwed up. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm Max Scoville. Yeah, I really that. expected everyone was going to be in certain seats, and then we just started, so I forgot to change those. No, it's uh, fine. I don't have nearly enough palm trees on my shirt to be Max. Is that, that's you. You go <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, Max okay. will hopefully be joining us in a bit. He is currently engaged in another uh, video shoot, but Tom is your middle name. I can't even remember all the ones I've guessed before. But is it, as a fan wrote in and suggested, Rasputin? No. No. It's actually De- recipe. Definitely not. It's not that either. <laughs> really? That would good be guess. good. Good Richard? Guess. No. Rick? Wow. You're just going. No. Ricky? No. Robbie? Ritz? No. no. Rivers? No. We could do this all day. No, we should probably talk about PlayStation. <laughs> uh, but before we do, a uh, quick number of notes. Uh, as I mentioned, this is episode 597. Episode 600 is on the way. Uh, I'm going to have information next week. This is a very short week, so things are kind of crazy. But I will have, will have information next week on how you will be able to be a part of it, uh, talking about the show. I think we have some really exciting plans and very much looking forward to recording that episode. But other than that, uh, Lucy unfortunately could not be with us this week. She had many other fires to put out because it is a short week and there's a lot of crazy stuff to do. So she is unfortunately busy, but she'll be back. She promised to do three shows in a row. So I believe it when I hear it. That's like a pledge. I'm putting that on record. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Also, this week's show brought to you by Diet Snapple. Diet Snapple, a thing I buy at least four bottles of a day from our kitchen vending machine. Snapple. Do you really? Please send me at least two. Is that that's only 10 calories? Yeah. Wow. I had to get in on yeah. that. That's a total of like 40 calories a day at most. Yeah. And that's all I have per day. So. I think you just burn that explaining how, Probably. how much you love this. Yeah, that was a goof, right? It is no, a goof, actually. but <laughs> Snapple, please uh, sponsor the show and send me Snapple. Thank you. Yep. Uh, it anyway, was a proposition. Yes, it was, a pro- it, it was an ask for sponsorship uh-huh, uh-huh. for Snapple, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest PlayStation brand around. Of course, we are here to talk about PlayStation. Um, we have plenty to talk about. Unfortunately, I don't have the jingles. We have a new laptop in the podcast room but unfortunately someone dan parkhurst didn't upload all of the jingles onto it so tom give me a news crunch jingle right now no 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 news crunch crunch ronnie please turn that into a new news crunch jingle we can alternate between perfect no no new news crunch jingle. that child got fired yeah we we were sick of him uh Mm -hmm. but also we couldn't pay him so he's gone but what is here or will be here soon playstation plus for july uh we had a bit of a change we were going to talk about it and we still will but there was a bit of a change in the lineup for this uh for july so it's still two games but originally the two games were supposed to be horizon chase turbo Mm -hmm. which is still part of the lineup and then uh pro evolution soccer yes was the other 2019 thank you uh however in a last minute switcheroo the PlayStation blog announced that instead of PES 2019 
Detroit Become Human Deluxe Edition, which includes Heavy Rain, is now the free game, first free game. I didn't know it had July. Heavy Heavy Rain in there, too. Yeah, it's the Digital Deluxe Edition, uh, which also includes Heavy Rain. Uh, it doesn't include, of course, why am I blanking, but there are other like Beyond Two Souls. Yeah. But uh, Heavy Rain is the better of those two, so wow. you make off pretty well. It's like the good old days of PlayStation Plus when yeah. you got more than two games. You're getting three games, technically. Uh, <laughs> note from the PlayStation blog, Heavy Rain is not available in uh, Bahrain, Lebanon, um, Oman, Oman, I never know how to say it, mm-hmm. uh, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and uh, the United Arab Emirates, and is replaced by Beyond Two Souls, in fact. Hmm. Oh. So, someone's getting Beyond Two Souls this yeah. week. Yeah. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Do we didn't know what happened there? No, they didn't explain. The PlayStation blog just did what they normally do, and I appreciate their transparency with it. Uh, when they make a change on the PlayStation blog, they just keep all of the text they originally posted and just cross it out mm-hmm. and then add mm-hmm. their new context. That's so, nice. It was going to be this, and they were like, hey, we had to change this, and so that's where it is now. Um, but they didn't give any reasoning for it. Um, but I think we can assume? Yeah. I mean, people were kind of mad, right? People were pretty disappointed with this month's Yeah, plan. yeah, they were. Um, before we get into that, I want to say real quick, uh, Horizon Chase Turbo is awesome. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for like a arcade fun, totally sort of retro throwback racing game, um, and you don't want anything that's too serious and too much like you know forza or something like that just something that's like very fun laid back arcadey um very kind of hyper polished cruising usa but way more stylized and angular uh that game rules so playstation plus to me has always been like a great way to explore games that i totally missed and you probably missed this one um so check that out as for the other game uh we've reviewed it and we liked it beyond or Detroit. Uh, Detroit Become Human. Uh, yeah, so in case I said it incorrectly, um, the game that won't be in some of those territories is Heavy Rain won't be in those. Yes. Not, yeah, just in case I said Detroit. But anyway. But yeah. Pro Evolution Soccer, I think when most of us who aren't into soccer heard about that, it was like, oh, that's not for me at all. It wasn't even like, oh, that's not a genre I don't like, but that's like an entire universe I don't care about. Yeah. You know, although but, soccer is tremendously popular. Of so. course, yeah, it's worldwide probably yeah. the most popular sport, but it is one of those things where it's like probably the people who were going to buy Pez already did. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just felt, I think the biggest, I, I did see a lot of outcry and I think we all did of people were not super happy when the lineup was pro evolution soccer and uh, horizon chase turbo. And I think having Detroit in here is great. Um, I wish there were more PS4 exclusives that were in here more often. And and this is one that came out last year. Yeah. Um, that's huge. Which I feel like is probably, they had like a really last minute shuffle. Uh, and wanted needed to shake it around, so they wanted something good. But why we're not getting PS4 exclusives from like 2014 and 15? <laughs> like, yeah, e- yes, they may not even be the best games, but like put Killzone Shadowfall on there, mm-hmm. or even put Knack, like something that just, oh, this is only something I can get on PS4. If you missed it the first time around, maybe you bought a PS4 in the last year or two. Yep, I like, love, I love that. There are just, I think when it was Pez and Horizon, everyone was like, man. If I don't like soccer, there is maybe one game for me this month. Yeah. And when we're used to getting six games and possibly having one to six games mm-hmm. instead of one or two games. Right. It's it's also that's not the horizon people wanted. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fair. But no, I think you're totally right, Jonathan. Like uh this is a good time for Sony to reflect and sort of go on a little victory lap of 
the last, you know, five years of this generation and sort of be like, Hey, remember this? Uh, well here it is again for free. Um, they did that with bloodborne one month, which was fantastic. Cause I got to, to yell at everybody and be like, download this right now. You don't have to play it right this second, but just add it to your library, get to it eventually, um, just have it. So that would be uh, more stuff like that would be super cool. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think we're going to probably have to see some shift in what PlayStation Plus is going into the PS5, especially with, you know, Game Pass being what it is Mm -hmm. and continuing to be this uh, incredible, crazy thing. In addition, that you can buy with Games with Gold. Obviously, that's four games still a month. Yep. Um, Two 360, two Xbox One, but everything available on Xbox One always, I think. Um, That's a way better deal. Yeah. In addition to, and now it's like, with these special deals they have with uh, Game Pass and Xbox uh, Live, where you can buy both for a dollar after E3, it's hard not to say like where the the value is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of bums me out because this is uh, obviously I I don't know if it's a mix of Sony being like we're number one, so we don't have to really do anything differently, and two or or two them being sort of like uh, it's we're too late into the console life cycle to really overhaul the whole thing here. Um, I don't know if it's like an infrastructure issue. I'd like to think it's that. And that's why they're holding back because like the good thing to do for fans, especially in lieu of PlayStation plus going from three or four or five games a month to two um, would be to roll out some sort of thing where it's a a better value across the board, steal a game pass thing, throw in a couple extra games there. I did see that in some territories they're dropping the price of PlayStation Plus, oh like yeah, a tiny bit, that too, yeah. and they're like hyper-specific territories, but maybe that's something they're exper- experimenting with. Yeah, seeing how it affects uh, membership rates. That's um, the uh, that's the sort of like the the mantra of Nintendo Online, which is like it's really cheap, so when it sucks, it doesn't sting that much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Max is joining us. Hey, Max. Hey, Max. We're gonna wait until. Oh. Hey, how's it going? Hey, hey. Max. <laughs> um, we're talking about PlayStation Plus free games for the month. Um, I did want to ask, so you're here for the new question. This is perfect. Uh, do we think indie games still have a place on PlayStation, like a prominent place? Because I remember back in the early days of the PS4 press conferences, it was like they're bringing out indies left and right. Obviously, No Man's Sky was a thing they put so much promotional uh, attention behind. Uh, it seemed like a really big emphasis of what they were doing, especially when the Vita was still a thing because yep. the Switch kind of took the place of the Vita, albeit for a much larger audience. Do we feel like indies have a place currently on PlayStation? Do we feel like they will on PS5? Or do we feel like it's kind of not the best place to launch your indie game? I mean, it'd be really cool if we saw kind of the same amount of attention that Game Passes seems to be giving indies. Uh, I feel like maybe Microsoft is eating Sony's lunch in that department. And just that sheer amount of like, you know, new indie games that had the little Game Pass logo on them during their E3 conference. And yep. mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't I don't really know what, uh, what Sony's doing there. But it it's a little bit of a it's a little tricky and it is a little disappointing given the history that you just talked about right given that sort of like that that past support for them it could be that they are just sort of like brian was saying earlier kind of turtling up until Mm -hmm. the next console life and then they might recommit to that sort of thing but the it's it's you know it's just a simple matter of like if you don't look at this E3 because they weren't there, but the year before, like, it's just math, right? Like, it's arithmetic. You look at they showed, what, a less than 10 games or whatever it was, you know, only a few major ones is kind of what yeah. the focus was at least. And then Microsoft is just both two years in a row has just been like, here's 50 things. Yeah, right? meanwhile, the Switch is basically the Vita too. Right. Mm-hmm. In terms of like, I mean, it's it's also perfect because it's a, you know, it's, a, it's an early kind of underpowered system that has a huge... Uh, 
you know, huge community. Yeah. Why you, wouldn't you throw your like Unity game on there? And you don't feel bad about playing any games on there. Not that you should feel bad, but I mean, there is this sort of like weird thing that happens when you buy, you know, a 70 inch 4K TV and a $500 console and you sit down and you pay like a, a pixel art platforming game. Um, I think people demand this like bleeding edge you know, top of the line technology stuff when they're playing games and they're getting that from the AAA first party stuff and second party stuff that Sony's funding independently. Um, I talked about this a bit on Jeff Kanata's show the other day, DLC. So sorry if you listen to that and I'm double dipping a bit, but there was a time specifically when Adam boys was around, uh, during the PlayStation, uh, where they were funneling in indie devs all the time. And Damon Baker at Nintendo did a great job of that. Now Nintendo has great people doing that as we speak, but, um, I think we are going to see less and less of that going forward of Sony basically helping to fund these mm-hmm. projects and bring them to completion rather than uh, just so, sort of like huddle up around the big studios they have right now, like, you know, Santa Monica and basically and, and Insomniac and everybody else. Um so that, that kind of bums me out because I do think that there's like this idea that a system should be able to play everything. And because the PS5 will sell well, it'll get indie games. And so they'll get that optics no matter what. But to be there and sort of go, oh, you guys need X amount of money and you need three months and you need someone to come in and like sort of like help bring development along. I mean, I think that's like that's something that indie studios really need and can really benefit from. Yeah, and ID at Xbox does that a fair yeah. amount. But I will say, uh, I don't think that that means, I, I totally agree with you, I don't think Sony is doing that, but I don't think that that means that the PlayStation is just this barren wasteland for indies, right? Oh, I, don't, yeah. I think that there are still a lot of really good indie games on PS4, and a lot of developers make the effort, at least from what I've noticed, you know, uh, you kind of get that thing where, most indie games come out on PC first, they come out on Steam, and then they'll sort of disperse to other consoles if they're not being directly supported by somebody. And I feel like Switch and PS4 are still the top of that list, right? Yeah. Switch is is the most common, but I, I at least have the perception that indie games come to PlayStation 4 before they come to Xbox uh, when they're going through that port process yeah mm-hmm. it feels like the shift is happening a bit and i would say like you were mentioning damon baker he's now at xbox yeah, yeah. And i think we can probably owe at least a decent amount um he's only been there for a few months but a decent amount of like their conference this year to the work that he was doing at nintendo yep. and probably what mm-hmm. he's looking to do here and yeah i would agree i don't think it's it's not that uh indie games aren't coming to playstation it just it doesn't feel like they're as integral to like when you think of what you're going to play on playstation it's oh that new indie game also came out this week Mm -hmm. though also indie has become such an arbitrary term because yeah i don't even know what it means anymore i actually haven't known what it meant for a long time like it it, means video game with a small marketing budget now like kind of that's what it means right because i mean there are there are small there are small video games developed by small teams that are like sort of published by giant publishers i mean death stranding is technically an indie game that's being published by a massive corporation yeah right but like kojima productions is an independent studio Mm -hmm. which is a weird that's a weird quandary and it's that weird thing of like ea originals is indie games published by ea yeah Yeah. right 
If you want to get really terrible about it, Valve is an indie studio, right? Half-Life 2 is an indie game. Yep. Right. But it's like the Star no one, Wars was an Almost like film. that name, that <laughs> word doesn't really mean anything. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's just a yeah. weird label. And I think yeah. it did have value at some point, right, when it was much harder to make games. But now that there's it's it's still incredibly hard to make games i don't want to undersell that but yeah. like now that it's more accessible the tools are more accessible it's sort of well lost a lot of meaning there was something sort of quaint about uh like download si- uh, like file size caps on software because for a while we'd just be like check out these new downloadable games and you'd be like well you wouldn't you wouldn't download uncharted it's too big to download <laughs> and so you would just get these games that are like 512 megabytes and these these things sort of had a ceiling to them well and i think it was obviously like an artifact at the time but i think ign even had a show that was like the download it was called on the download on yeah. the download yeah, yeah it was about downloadable games and oh, somebody i was in a meeting yeah. a couple months ago and somebody had like kicked around the idea of bringing that back and i was like literally everything is downloadable every game. now." Yeah. yeah it's like oh what's hot to download this week Everything, I don't know, an entire 4K season of a TV show on airplane <laughs> Wi-Fi, anything you want. You can like, download this week Outer Wilds on your Xbox, Stranger Things from your Netflix yeah, app, Red or Dead, Judgment it's on 110 PS4. gigs. Like, yeah, right? It's I think all, a funny one was that game Ruiner, yeah, uh, which right. is like, that's mm-hmm. technically an indie game. I think Devolver pu- published that. Yeah. It was, you know, it's an isometric sort of hotline-esque shooter. And that had a massive, massive file size because all the cutscenes, which it had plenty of, were rendered in like some weirdly uncompressed format. <laughs> so that thing was bigger than like a lot of AAA games. Dude, there are so many games I'll download on on Switch or PS4 where I'm like, oh, this like there's this tiny indie game and it's got a huge file size, and then there's like a AAA first party game, and like they just figured out a way to squash it down. It's like Mario Kart is 12 gigs. Yeah, like, how did yeah, that happen? Exactly. Um, well, speaking of games on my hard drive that are taking up way too much space, Spider-Man PS4, when you have all of the DLC chapters, it becomes over like 100 gigs. It's a really big file size. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah at oh, least man. on mine. Ooh. I did not realize but, that. And, but you can't delete it. No. Because? Because I? because I need to update the file size to make it even bigger because we have new free DLC suits uh, in conjunction with Spider-Man Far From Home now in theaters, uh, coming to theaters. The Peter Parker's upgrade suit and the stealth suit are now available in the game, and I'm going to try to not mess this up too much. Did it mess up? It might have messed up. I was going to play you video, (laughs) and now it's like we don't need to play you video. There we go. Anyway, um, so Mark Medina of our video team took some gameplay capture of the two new suits, which are, of course, based on Tom Holland's suits in the new movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are available for free. They're just cool, awesome free downloads that Insomniac put out like they did with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man suit um, and one or two other suits. I'm blanking on which. um, But, of course, they've just added those, and you can now jump around. What this rules? I love it. It's so cool. And five gigabytes per suit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shout out to Brian Intihar and everybody over at Insomniac who made this game because it's just like such a perfectly scoped concept is to take this brilliant open world Spider-Man game that I know we've said it before lets you feel like Spider-Man <laughs> um, and just it constantly let at, you feel it it makes, makes you. you feel like Spider-Man it taught me how to be a dad um, or the other jokes the uh, the, the they just keep adding new content to this game and every time they do that I'm like I want to go back in here and swing around the city you know yeah it's just a cool new excuse to oh, go man they added games. a sam fisher costume that's great <laughs> um yeah i really appreciated the post-launch support not just the paid dlc they had there and i totally wish they would do more of that um in sort of like a larger form but just occasionally every few months getting new spider-man suits yep. um i think it's such a cool idea and it like opens 
the idea of like Sony support for games because I think for the most part, and I do think it's a cool thing, and I did want to bring this up also. Um, it's a cool DLC format that we haven't seen from a lot of PlayStation first party games. Obviously, this is Insomniac, so it's that second party weird area. Yep. But as exclusives, um, you know, we'll get big expansions to uh, a Horizon Zero Dawn, but like between the God of War, uh, New Game Plus updates, Spider Man updates like this, and then Days Gone just for the upcoming next 12 weeks, we'll have new challenges in a brand new challenge mode that was added last week for free each week. They're just adding new challenges that you can go tackle if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really cool model to pe- keep people engaged with a game you would otherwise possibly sell back after you're done. No, totally. And it's also like Spider Man is never going to vanish from our sort of pop culture vernacular. There's constantly Spider-Man movies. There was a Spider-Man movie last year. There's a Spider-Man movie this year. Between then, he made appearances in other films. Um, And so in lieu of having like a dedicated Spider-Man, the official movie, the game, to have a Spider-Man video game that gets updated with movie content and reminds people that it exists and gets people to buy it for the first time is brilliant. Um, my favorite part about this launch, uh, and I promise I'm not trying to throw shade at all, the PlayStation blog post, uh, as written from Insomniac, says, while we're busy working away here at Insomniac Games, just completely sidesteps mentioning what they may be working oh. on. Oh. <laughs> Spider-Man 2, right? Spider-Man 2. Just tell me. Venom. Probably. Carnage. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, very excited to see this. Very excited to finally go see Spider-Man tonight. Um, have you guys seen it? Nope. Okay. Not yet. Cool. No spoilers yet. Uh, what we will spoil, though, however, for you is an interview that Jim Ryan of Sony gave recently, uh, pointing to the idea that Sony is possibly looking to acquire more studios. Um, this is a thing that Sean Layden kind of talked about a little earlier this year, but um, talking to Nikkei, uh, translated via Gamatsu, uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment President and CEO Jim Ryan said, quote, that content is more important than ever before. Uh, end quote. And so in order to secure more content, the company is considering um, merger and acquisition of other game developers. Um, Ryan also said, companies new to the games industry looking at the market with hope is something we definitely welcome. Sony Interactive Entertainment has 25 years of experience in the games industry and has big assets. So I don't think that necessarily, to me, that that last part to me means they're not necessarily looking to acquire the biggest of the big studios. But um, I mean, to me, it's pretty obvious that they would need more people in the stable, right? Yeah. Not, not that Sony's first party output has been bad by any means, but no. it's infrequent yeah. at best. Well, also, um, what I like about this is that this is them sort of staffing up to take on potentially a bunch of genres and and areas in gaming that they're not covering right now instead of forcing the studios they have already to make those things, you know? Mm. Instead of being like, hey, Cory Balrog, make a MOBA. <laughs> like, he can make God of War 2, Return of the Crate, or <laughs> he can make, you know, like a, a, a Battle Royale game. And I don't want him to do the second one of those things. Actually, he'd probably be awesome at that. But uh, I'd rather they throw those at a bunch of studios who have ideas for those things. Um, so I'm not really sure who I want to see them get because they have a really awesome stable right now. But um, it doesn't hurt to have more studios. I mean, you have Microsoft coming out at every E3 being like, we bought, we got more studios. <laughs> Can't show you what they're working on for another eight years. Well, and especially when some internal Sony studios are very much focused on PSVR games. Like yep. London Studio did awesome work with Blood and Truth, but that is, of course, a game that is for one twentieth of the PlayStation 4 audience, yeah. which is not what Sony necessarily wants to play to always. What about Hello Games? Yeah? What if they bought Hello Games? Do you think Hello Games would want to? No. <laughs> I feel like they've so like pushed themselves away from each other. 
I yeah. mean, they just they just put out mm. PSVR support. Oh, yeah, that's true. I, I I guess before that though, it felt like Hello Games really wanted to like partner with everyone else but PlayStation for a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm. Um, what about Housemark? That seems like yeah. a safe bet. Save those guys. Rescue them. Uh, Blue they, Point. Yeah. Blue Point. Yeah. 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 They Whenever they need much. a remake, Blue Point is just there. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, having like an in-house remaster studio that would mm-hmm. be nuts. Nintendo <laughs> has that with Grezzo. They're doing. They did Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and they're doing the New Link's Awakening, oh, okay. which is like super smart to just be like, "Hey, we want to bring a cherished Zelda game out. Um, here's a studio that does it well." Uh, so I think Sony having their own version of that would be awesome. Um, earlier this year, Sean Layden said, uh, in terms of looking for new studios, let's see now what we might add to our arsenal. I've looked at some opportunities in the past. It's an opportunity to look for the ones that are the best cultural fit. We're always exploring opportunities. If we found a partner or a team or a game that we felt was particularly meaningful and interesting in a service area, we will look to bring that in. We're always open to that kind of experience. So I definitely do think like multiplayer is something that they're probably going to acquire first yep. instead of like pure storytelling games. Yeah, mm. I think they got that covered. I also don't think I've I've seen a lot of speculations that it's like super pie in the sky here, but they're not buying Rockstar. <laughs> oh yeah, that came from um there was a, like two or three months ago there was a story where from analysts people took the idea that there was a boardroom meeting where Sony was talking to Rockstar and apparently it was essentially some scuttlebutt where like some analyst was talking to another analyst and was like, yeah, I think it'd be a really smart move for them. And someone overheard that and kind of translated it as, oh, I think they're talking. Right. And it was this total like game of telephone to them acquiring mm. Rockstar. What's weird. We see that very frequently on the entertainment side of things. These massive media conglomerates sort of eating each other, essentially Disney getting larger every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't really see that on video games so much. Like the big debate now is sort of like if you're a video game, where do you go? Are you exclusive? It, it, like the idea of an entire studio go or an entire platform owning another platform or anything like that. I mean, there's I I personally don't see any benefit in Rockstar saying, "Hey, we're going to only funnel our games into the, this one department." You could do like a sort of Xbox uh, Minecraft thing where they're like, "We put it everywhere, but we own it." Um, well, I think that's that's what we're kind of seeing with Microsoft because they bought Obsidian. Yeah, and uh, outer what is it? Outer the worlds? outer worlds. The outer worlds is coming to it's coming to other systems. It's coming to PS4. Uh, so yeah, they let that game's initial uh, there. That's being published through private division. They yep. didn't want to get in the way of that. And it's the same thing with Psychonauts. They're going to publish Psychonauts two now, but they're also going to let it be on all the platforms it was already announced for. Mm-hmm. I uh, think there's some. Uh, some stuff already in the pipe basically to clear out before they start going Xbox only. Yeah. The interesting thing is, and this is kind of thinking much, much longer term, I think you're going to start seeing Sony buy more studios because I've talked to developers and asked them about, you know, why is Microsoft going on this buying spree? And the answer I've gotten is always Game Pass. It's always that essentially what the market is going to look like, and this is still just prediction, but I think it's a fairly safe one at this point is that over the next few years we're going to start seeing more people do what ubisoft is doing and what ea is doing and what xbox is doing with game pass and you play plus or whatever they're Mm -hmm. calling it and all those services where kind of like television channels are you will just subscribe to the developers that you would like and this is probably not anytime soon, but this is kind of the, the direction, and it might not happen at all, but this is the direction that the industry is turning towards is that you're going to subscribe to 
developers that you'd like, and you're just going to get all their games free for a monthly fee. Right. And that's the reason Microsoft is buying so many studios is because then you subscribe to Game Pass and they can promise you that they'll have games from this studio and that studio and this studio and that studio and there's a long appealing list. Yeah, Ryan McCaffrey. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, and if if you fall behind in this race and your studio does not have, and this is only for the large, large studios, right? But if you fall behind in that race and your studio doesn't have a deep, deep bench of development teams to pull from, then your product, when this world comes, if it does, is going to look way less appealing to somebody who's mm-hmm. been buying companies for the last five years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, looking back at what, like, PlayStation Plus this month, more like PlayStation Nonplus. Um, <laughs> Damn. Yeah. <laughs> shots fired. Uh, no, but, like, it, it, I mean, it's that kind of thing where if, if Sony was like, hey, subscribe to the Sony library, you get uh, one, you get immediate access to one brand new exclusive game, uh, uh, two of them are coming out this year. Yeah, like uh, I don't know if that's really worth it to you know to kick them fifteen bucks a month to get God of War and Spider Man. I mean, those are and really that's good not, games. It's but, not, you know. not. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. And this is this is the the kind of key to this conversation is this is not knocking the PlayStation exclusives. They're phenomenal. No, it's exactly. just in yeah. a service environment. That yeah, it, the the quantity matters, and that's where I we mean, seem to be going. I my yeah. eyebrows rose quite a bit when Xbox was like, "Hey, uh, here's Ultimate Game Pass. It's Xbox Live Gold for PC and console, and you get the games. That's a lot. There's new games, yeah. all the and time. it's a dollar." <laughs> yeah, and, and then when it's stack, not a dollar, it's fifteen. Yeah, and you 20. can stack it onto your pre-existing subscription subscription yeah. plan. Yeah. Not to like keep kissing their asses on the show, but I'm I'm I bring this up a lot because I want Sony to steal it. Yeah, because I'm a PlayStation guy. <laughs> yeah, and I want I want PlayStation to go like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. I do think it's like we are moving into a weird territory where it's going to become impossible to quantify the success of something. Mm -hmm. Because even Microsoft, who spent this entire generation being like, we can't tell you how many Xboxes were sold. And we're like, just tell us. And they're like, we we can tell you that hardware is up 25% over the downtrend of the last hardware upage. And you're like, that's not anything real. (laughs) Or when Netflix is like, millions of people have paused this film. Forty million people have seen an episode of Sex Education. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, is that is that cool. me when I'm like scrambling to go to a screen that isn't the homepage because it, it's auto playing something blaringly loud at eleven thirty at night? And on if Tuesday. you paused on Sex Education and let it play for five seconds, you watched. Yeah, it. So and I just go to search instead and just like sink into my couch and cry. Um, that's just me. But no, Same. I think it's going to get weird with all that because like people are like they're going to be like Game Pass is up ten percent this month, and you're like how how is the Outer Wilds doing? Well, over 4,000 new subscribers have joined Xbox Unlimited Edition with Gold with Friends with Silver Boys. And you're like, what does that mean? It means nothing. And then like NPD comes out and they're like... We don't, we don't count those things. Yeah, we don't count those we anymore. We count the ones that were sold at, uh, at uh, Walmart. Walmart and Best Buy yeah. and uh, Toys R Us. And then your Toys credit R Us card closed. And they're like, never mind. Your credit card statement comes in and it's like Hulu, Game Pass, EA, Friends Zone, uh, <laughs> like well, and Ubisoft Playhouse. <laughs> what's interesting with and I'm, I can't find exact um, newswire posts from Xbox, but with some Game Pass games, the first party ones, they've been like, hey, we got two million players in the first yeah. month. Like they are celebrating that stuff, and it's like, hey. You for fifteen dollars you can get this game and then all these others. Um, and like speaking to your point, Tom, 
uh, Ryan McCaffrey, I just want to bring this up, spoke to, he and I spoke to Matt Booty uh, from Xbox Game Studios at E3, and they were like, yeah, we're looking to have a Game Pass uh, first-party exclusive every three months, basically wow. once a quarter is the goal, and that's why they've been bringing so many studios on, because they can roughly figure out the cadence to make sure they always have three to four games per year. Yeah, especially with video games, which always come out right on time always but i mean <laughs> that's why they purposely are buying studios that are not all producing halo infinite yep. size yeah, games yeah. They're but i mean it, double fun it's also cool because they do have that backwards compatibility and they've yeah. got that back catalog so if they're like hey guys sorry psychonauts 2 is running a little bit behind schedule but great news because here's psychonauts 1 and also the psychonauts are now coming to forza and you're yeah. like oh surprise <laughs> they're, like, they're like have a wallpaper and some buddy icon like it's kind of an all-purpose like it doesn't have to be brand new exclusive stuff yeah. it doesn't have to be games as a service it's just kind of like it's it's almost like a, a digital loot crate type yeah. of thing mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of us are talking about uh game pass in this way not to be like playstation does nothing right but more of the soul of like like you're saying brian like please just steal this like, yeah yeah as no. we're going to a new generation just Take you know, I, I want this. I want this great service to be on the console I like better. Yeah, a pretty, <laughs> sorry. A pretty good quick fix would be if they if they rolled PlayStation Now into PlayStation Plus. Yes, yeah. I, I, yeah. Seems like I'm honestly pretty, shocked they haven't done that. Yeah, yet. Mm-hmm. feels like such again. An easy... like, like I was saying before, I think that's an infrastructure thing. Yeah, I mean, I, this is like this is a company that has been. They spent what nine years being like, you can change your names now, but it comes with a price. <laughs> <laughs> like it's all weird. So I have a feeling this is something that's so so grandfathered into the ecosystem that just it's not as simple as we're just dumb men and we're like make it better and they're like that's really hard to do yeah. well and especially now <laughs> that we're pro waiting. evolution soccer are you kidding me <laughs> but yeah. now it's detroit so. it's a, yeah they switched, exactly they, switched they fixed it, it <laughs> which is good mm-hmm. i'm happy about that yeah and soon i don't want to play Maybe soccer fix other things who knows <laughs> i mean look i'm i'm dumb enough to say that if you could replace every instance of soccer with like i don't know a sexual murder robots on planet earth the earth would be a better place you know what would make me play pro evolution soccer and i don't know if this is a thing guns well if the if that's running in the fox engine if you dumped a bunch of models from metal gear solid in there i'd be like yes yeah. i will play that yeah, I always thought whenever I hear Pez 2019, I'm like, the candy got a yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> it's back and it still tastes like soap more than ever. Yep. Delicious. Well, People looking are forward, so mad at us right now. As as always. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to more things on the horizon for PlayStation 5. Uh, there was an inter- er, an article from the Wall Street Journal taking some quotes from Sony CEO uh, Kenichiro Yoshida, uh, as well as from analysts and whatnot, uh, kind of talking about Sony's focus going into the ps5 and what they're catering toward and they're catering toward hardcore gamers mm-hmm. uh their focus what does that mean in 2019 well uh for the wall street journal uh sony positions x playstation for hardcore gamers um they are focusing on graphically intensive games um and looking toward making their bolstering their partnerships with their uh big third-party publishers so like the triple right. a of the triple a uh, that's, that's a huge letdown for me. I was really hoping that they would lean into the casual market and kind of dumb down the graphics. I think 4K is too much, and my eyes are getting worse. What about 8K? I'm fine with 720p, to be perfect. About 3K, I think, is a good medium. Yeah. That, the great news, the PlayStation 5 is going to be 240p, but it's going to run at 1,000 frames a second. That's true, and no load times. Technically more graphics than ever. Yeah, games are 90 bucks. <laughs> so Wonderful. Well, no, I wanted to bring this part up about like the hardcore gamer focus because this was such a thing at the beginning of last generation mm-hmm. or of this generation where Xbox was talking about its console in terms of like it will have all these streaming capabilities. You can have these family plans that maybe let you share your games on certain restrictions and whatnot. But yeah. They, they were talking in these more generalities of trying to make it an entertainment all in one box. That did not well, go well. It, PlayStation you know, I, came it, back and it makes sense, especially right now for them to say that is because do you know who is paying attention 
to the next PlayStation right now, it's hardcore gamers. Yeah, yeah. Like, I assume when they come out closer to launch, they'll be like, hey, there's something for everybody here, but especially the gamers. But right now, the only people who are, like, scrubbing through translated news reports about anticipated hardware projections are hardcore gamers. So that's Nerds yeah. like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's it's it's. I think it's interesting to come out and 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 say that. But Jonathan, like you kind of just alluded to, I think that's like sort of purposeful. Um, in, in sort of to uh, contrast what Microsoft did at the beginning, where people were like doing uh, like hype cuts of like their of their press conference where they said TV, 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 sports, 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 <laughs> TV, TV. But that was also like I think at the at the beginning of last generation, you had to come out and say hardcore gamers because that was after like seven years of whimsical blue ocean nonsense from Nintendo being like, you can play tennis with Karen, your aunt. It's such a like battle of yeah. cool games. Everybody for. had motion controls. Nintendo, uh, Microsoft had an entire press conference in, d- dedicated to, you know, the connect and, and petting a tiger. And Sony was just like, Oh, you know, here's playbook or whatever, play, whatever their stupid thing was called. Wonder book, wonder book, play date. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's just like, so it's good to sort of center back in and go, hey, this is who we're focusing on. Um, that's it. I, I do want, I want like a, a, a whole a bunch of different excuses to play my PlayStation 5. I don't just want AAA, hardcore, graphical, intense games. It's also, what is a hardcore gamer anymore? I read a story from uh, that King put out the other day, the developers of Candy Crush. Did you guys see this? No. They're like, we have like this group of like tens of millions of people who play Candy Crush for three to five hours every single day, which is like, first of all, bravo if you can do that at work. I can't even do that at work. <laughs> um, if you can play Candy Crush for three hours a day, I mean, you would you, sh- you would love other games. But also, like, I think that's a hardcore gamer. I think that's a that's – a, like, if you, if you drank, I don't know, wine spritzers for three hours a day, I'd be like – that's an alcoholic. <laughs> like, not my choice in booze. Sure. Wow, you're drinking heavily. You know. So I don't. The, I think there's something the there, analogy. right? So like, I I don't know. I think that like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. If you if you win the Tour de France in first gear, it's still winning the Tour de yeah, France. Exactly. You got to pedal a little harder. But on a tricycle, is. yeah. yeah. Oh, if you God. yeah, you finish on a funny bike. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> We could do this metaphor all day. I don't even know where to go from. No, um, so I do want to see them have a whole bunch of stuff there because I, I think that like it, the hardcore gamer is kind of an antiquated term. I know people who only play Overwatch or Apex Legends, or they only play Call of Duty, and um, some people would call them casuals because they don't play a ton of games. Um, I think they're hardcore gamers at one game specifically. You know, there's a lot of people famous on Twitch for hyper focusing on one thing. Like Ninja became famous because he just played a ton of Fortnite, and when he plays other stuff, people are like, "We don't care." And so, I, is he a hardcore gamer? I don't know. Yes. And so, like, I don't know what that term means anymore. Like all the other terms we throw around, they they're meaningless. Well, it's like the term gamer. Yeah. The hell does yeah. that mean? I don't know. Like I don't know. I saw my like my stepmom playing Words with Friends and like chatting with her. And I'm like, that's a game. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's she's not a gamer. I don't consider her a gamer. I don't know. Like I, I go play like, you know, like whimsical walking simulator indie stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is a great story here. And then something's where like you can shoot a man directly in the skull. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm kind of tired of those things these days. And like yeah. I don't know. It's like maybe maybe the medium has outgrown that that rudimentary definition. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the terminology we use for gaming in general comes from kind of like stuff we've been saying for decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, I mean, at the exact same time last week on a flight, I was playing Super Mario Maker 2 and Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Like, I don't know what that makes me, you know? Uh, I was going to say softcore game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'll pick wine spritzer, a, boy. I think that's a better term than casual gamer. Be like, yeah. Kind of a softcore game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's no, it's no like full penetration, but you know, there's some heavy petting going on. It's Good God. What? Horrible. Oh, whatever. This is why, this is why labels are bad because yeah. I don't know what we are anymore. I don't know what an indie game is. I don't know what a downloadable game is. I don't know what a gamer is. Um, move, moving on. To <laughs> I don't know anything. Softcore gamers. Get me out of here. Uh, Brian <laughs> and Max, do you have a video shoot pretty soon or a meeting? Do we? Or? What do Brian, we have? do you? We have a, we have a Comic Cup me- meeting soonish. All right. I think. Do we have to? We have to go to that, or what, what do you think? It's it's nice. <laughs> we'll let them figure <laughs> it out right here. Check on the, the calendars. <laughs> I think it's for only hardcore gamers. That's that true. Yeah. The softcore gamer Comic Con meeting is. Like I just <laughs> had th- we just had this meeting. <laughs> We just had this meeting at lunch. Why is this here again? This is all in Wait, We don't have to do all this right now. Who's in this? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, well, no, I want to jump a little bit too, because uh, Tom and I can keep the conversation going. I want to talk about mostly since we're here, um, some games we've been playing and everything. Can we, for the love of God, talk about games we're playing yeah. instead of like hypothetical projection analysis? <laughs> Max, tell me about Judgment. Good what Lord. is What is playing a game, really, when you think we about it? We are the homo ludens. We are the players of the game. We are here for the luda narrative, the intersection of the play and the story. Anyway, Judgment is finally out. I can finally talk about it. I'm about six hours in, and it's from the team who made Yakuza. But this is not a Yakuza game. It's just set in the same setting, using the same engine and some familiar systems. But whereas the Yakuza games follow the adventures of Kazuma Kiryu, a known ex Yakuza member of the Dojima clan or whatever it's called. He uh this one is this one you're following uh this 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 detective this former he's a former lawyer. So he's become a private eye and he's a cool guy. He has a leather jacket and he has some nice sneakers and he messes around in uh in Camarocho and uh it's really fun. It's a good time. We're just gonna clip that out and put it over some B roll and that's gonna be the review. The review. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um so I was actually really worried starting it out that it was gonna be too sort of like linear and serious because it was it was very it's very much got some like you know, it's got heavy cutscenes and it's got some sort of like, you know, uh, branching dialogue stuff. Um the it's it's all dubbed, so if um subtitles are, are a hang up for you, um that's a nice option. I was kinda wary of that going in and I like you know, it was like, I'll, I'll check it out. The localization and the voice actors um, both do a really good job. And it's completely like it feels very effortless. Yeah. Which is nice. I think a lot of like I've I will like physically recoil from from bad anime dubbing. And, you know, same goes for games. But this feels like it feels yeah. like they really kept it in mind. Yeah. Like it's, in the staging and everything. I think it's like just fun and campy enough. I'm a few hours in and I've been describing it as sort of like a soft boiled detective drama. <laughs> That Which sounds, is different than the, yeah, some of the other words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Softcore. Um, it's, it, yeah, I could see that. It's got some like sort of, you know, overly serious, like moody elements. But yeah. for the most part, it's kind of like, it feels fun. The detective stuff is, is really fun and quirky. Like there's stuff where you have to like identify a bunch of different men on the street to find the one with the right mole or the mustache or something yeah. like that. And it zooms in on them and just like pans around their face. So yeah. Eyes, yes. Yeah, yes. Mole, um, yes. Hair. He's maybe. got ears. There's, there's a thing where you have to go into like, uh, like photo analysis. It's sort of like detective mode basically and it's like most of the time you're like where's the security camera and there's like other clues and like you'll be like well looking for the security camera outside the ramen restaurant and you zoom in on like the sign for the ramen restaurant he'll be like huh suspicious and i'm like no it's not it's a restaurant (laughs) how is that and then you hear a meowing and you're like there are hidden cats in like all of these. They're cats hidden everywhere, and so you're supposed to like, like as a collectible. Yeah, hide. it's so it's like a little bit of a little bit of like you know 
you know, detective mode, like L.A. Noir, like solve the crime scene, but also some Neko Atsumi kitty collector. Mm-hmm. So you like, I don't know, you get points for looking at cats and stuff. So it very much has that Yakuza sense of humor. Just this morning, I got kind of past the main sort of the main introductory sort of tutorial type mission, which, again, is like five, six hours in. Uh, and then it immediately starts just dumping tons of fun, weird side quests on you, like like underwear thieves and like a dude who literally just lost his jacket. And then there's like silly mini games like pinball and drone racing, and it starts really opening up. Uh, I'm I'm absolutely adoring it. Um, if you've played the Yakuza series, it should be very familiar. But if you haven't, it is a totally fresh starting point. Um, you know, I would recommend it for people. Yeah, I'm like two or three hours in. It's it's definitely a like heavy introductory thing. Like mm-hmm. it's giving me a little bit of persona vibes of just like, oh yeah, I'm I'm in a long intro, but it's not bad in any way. Like I've loved the tone of it all. Um, it it, it very much is self aware and mm-hmm. really plays with like the genre tropes it's kind of tackling. And yeah, I've been playing most mostly with the English dub, and for the most part, I've really liked the voice acting. I think it's been really solid, and just like getting all the wacky detective gameplay in there has been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, yeah, it actually weirdly made me want to start a yakuza game like from scratch immediately just because i was like oh i want i want like the the pure distilled nonsense fun arcadey beat em up stuff um the detective stuff is cool but it's sort of secondary to what i am looking for in an open world game but you're gonna, I'm, you're gonna get this plenty of ass kicking good yeah <laughs> they, they let right. me beat up some men early on and i ran into a chicken restaurant and scared a, a woman out of there so there's there's options <laughs> That's the uh, I think my favorite thing about those games is that they're open world to a to a degree, but yeah. like you can ru- you can run full force into a bunch of crap and make it explode out of just sheer inertia. The physics and is bizarre <laughs> no at times, but I love cares. it. Yeah, people will just be like, "Oh, excuse me," and they'll walk away. Yeah, people like, just kind of get like startled and and, and then mm-hmm. sort of like skittishly sh- shuttle out of there. But I've like ran into tables and chairs that have fl- flown well, over I- like. I love like 30 times running into the wall in a single combat session to just do spin kicks off yep. the wall like yep. constantly. Yeah, yeah, it's just so wacky. No, it, taking yeah. environmental crap and beating people in the head with it is super fun. Yeah. So you got to try going into a convenience store. Like wait till the next time you get jumped by thugs and go in there. Uh, and you can just destroy everything in the entire like – In the store. In the 7-Eleven. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because if you do that enough, they won't, they won't serve you. Like they'll get mad at you and they'll be like, we're not we – we won't sell you cigarettes. <laughs> you, you broke all our shelves. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's there. I, I really am very happy with that game. Yep. Um, and I'm dying to sink more time into it. I'm liking it a lot so far too. Yeah. Uh, Max, uh, have you been playing anything else since you've been back from E3 or you were on vacation? So. I have been playing something I've, I've been putting off for a long time, which is available on PlayStation 4 as well as numerous other systems. And it's called Resident Evil 4. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I am... Uh, we had a we had a thing recently, by the way, where we have both done things that we each other have been begging each other to do for like twenty five years, like in Mac, games, yeah, in games, okay, not in softcore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Max kept telling me to watch uh, Evangelion, and I kept telling him to play Resident Evil Four, and I have finished the, the entire the entirety outside of the movie, which I'm going to watch next of Evangelion, and he's uh, almost done with Resident Evil Four. Yeah, this is a good world. Are you enjoying it? Oh, I love it. Um, it's weird. I think in my head from just like just deeply baked in like childhood theories that Resident Evil was a scary thing and that I was bad at it or I would not be enjoy it because it is scary. And I've since kind of grown out of that. I also played a bunch of Bloodborne, which is, you know, arguably a much scarier, more aggressive, punishing game. Definitely more uh, scary. So jumping into this is also seeing all sort of the Bloodborne like sort of elements being like oh there's a bunch of like freaky villagers with pitchforks throwing mm-hmm. hatchets and crap at me and hanging out by a bonfire and chanting uh and then also it's it's weird how many like how much sort of 
how much DNA of, of later games I'm noticing in there. Um, like there's a lot of escort mission stuff, uh, and it's it's the camera controls take a little bit of getting used to, but for the most part, it's like it's very like it's very playable nowadays. Um, and it's I don't know it's I feel like the the kind of Joel and Ellie mechanics are are sort of have their early vestigial origins in this. Yeah, you just yeah. got to keep a little more of an eye. In yeah. Leon and Ashley, yeah. yeah. No, it's I I I'm so glad you're playing it. It's also like. I, it was like really cool watching you fly through that game because it's like I don't think that's an easy game by any stretch, um, and I think for a lot of people to play it for the first time in 2019, they're sort of taking it back at the not necessarily tank controls, but the the stop and pop. Like you can't run and shoot at the same time, and people are like what? But like the entire video game is designed around that mechanic, so uh, it makes sense. But um, it's it's like there's very simple things that going in where you're like if you combine red, yellow, and green herbs, you can extend your health bar forever and shoot him in the knee and then suplex them and then slash them with your knife and you can kill most guys with one bullet i think i saw you giving janet that advice yeah she started yeah too. i have yeah. this like weird like like coaching thing in the back of my head we're like shoot him in the knee yeah. suplex him i was gonna say you just have google knife. alerts for whenever someone we work with basically like resident evil 4 yeah, yeah. so it's such a funny game though <clears throat> like it's so like wonderfully just like cornball and and like it's totally cornball and campy yeah like i mean this. you were you were watching that i was on a flight next to you coming back from florida and you got like you have this thing like your friend hunnigan or whatever keeps calling you on this like weird Skype laptop that they never actually really show. They, yeah, they never explain what. The, yeah. what is that? and there's this small man with like a king's like a like a sailor's crown. Yeah, he's like a little Victorian aristocrat with progeria. Who yeah, calls them. He's like, <laughs> he like skyped in, and Max like, goes, "How'd you get my number?" <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Like it's it very much has that like that same level of like Metal Gear Solid goofiness, but without any of the sort of self awareness that Metal Gear does. Yeah, so yeah. It, like I don't know. I love that like. I don't know when they put uh you know when they put twin snakes on GameCube like Kojima was like Solid Snake would never backflip over a missile. Mm-hmm. This this is crazy. This is nonsense. And this game is like, yeah, why wouldn't he like suplex this dude? <laughs> like why wouldn't you do a wrestling move on like this possessed villager? Yep. Yeah. You outrun so, a boulder in that game. Like there's so many dumb it's things. So wonderfully it's stupid. A good time. I love it. Yeah. So that's been very that's Wait been until fun. you beat the game and you get like some extra costumes like they, oh, they, yeah. They put Ashley in like a knight's armor and then <laughs> Leon's in like a 1920s gangster costume. It's just so stupid. Yeah. It's great. I'm Go glad play. you've finally been enjoying that. Do you guys have to bounce? Or? We could, I don't no know. one has said no. anything All right. yet. Let's keep going. If you're uh, not in trouble. Yeah. Because Brian, I want to know how I haven't gotten to start it yet, but I want to know how Bloodstained is treating you. Uh, I love it. Ritual of the it's, um, it's definitely not like a full-on you know vintage pixel art castlevania but it's pretty damn close yeah um there's a lot of stuff that i think is like a little cumbersome about it um but you get used to that pretty quickly it's actually a little more in depth than sort of your gba era castlevania game because uh, there's a lot more sort of systems at play there for the most part um but i really dig it i think like the first First few hours are a little slow, and then it starts to really open up, and you get all of your, you know, double jump Metroidvania type things, and it, it's easier to get around that world. Um, I do think it's like I would have preferred a pixel art game. I understand why it's not; those are weirdly harder to make. Uh, but but I'm, now you get people's pets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I I was I was reading a interview where like the dev team was like, yeah, we'd love to do another Castlevania, but I wonder if they would honestly, because I have a feeling that they would just keep making more bloodstained games and mm. we might have a world where like castlevania games are happening and bloodstained games are happening because they own that ip and they can make more money off of it than 
working yeah. with Konami again. I get the feeling that people don't really like. I don't. I don't think Konami really wants to make video games that much anymore. I don't know. Yeah, it's. I mean, like they keep dipping back into these anniversary collections, and I think it's the thing of like they don't want to leave the space mm-hmm. because yep. they like to be frank, know how lucrative it can be. Totally, uh, and they know that they have IP people love, but I don't know if they're like really focused on how can we keep this stuff relevant beyond the stuff people already love. Well, they, I think developing specifically like I don't single player console mm-hmm. games is yeah. like less lucrative than making mobile games or pachinko games. Yeah. Like, yep. Well, they benefit from the sort of the conversation happening around Bloodstained right now because they did just Konami did just put out that Castlevania anniversary collection, and there was a lot of like outcry when that happened, where there were, people were like, well, "This is a weird collection because it has like three NES games and like a Game Boy game, and then like like Kid Dracula, which is just like I don't know if you guys have ever played that. It's basically like Child Castlevania, except <laughs> like they." Even like the all of the notes of the main like theme songs are in key instead of out of key, so they're, they're uh, just like, and it's like just yeah, much more cheerful. Yeah, they're just happier. Yeah. Um, but they were kind of like, this is our first step in that collection, which means that I think if it does well or did well, uh, they can then do a collection of all the GBA ones. Yeah. And so anybody who just finished Bloodstain, which you can do pretty quickly, it's like a 10, 15 hour game, um, will be able to go in and go, oh yeah, I want more of this. Oh, you're they're on PS4, you put like three Game Boy Advance games on there. Perfect. Let's do it. Um so yeah, I'm I'm glad that's here. I feel like this is a way better scenario than say like something like Mighty Number no. Nine or some other Kickstarter darlings that well, didn't there, pan out. There were there were when Bloodstain was getting kickstarted. There was a slew of spiritual successor yep. kickstarters, right? And from scorned creatives. <laughs> from, for yeah. the most part, most of those didn't turn out great. Yeah, I feel like ukulele wasn't like lovingly received. It, it number was nine. solid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Right, it was fun, but mm-hmm. not amazing. Yeah, um, and there was stuff like a Hat in Time, which was like you know I, people I, like it. And a Hat well, Time is is pretty good, but that one I feel like wasn't from that wasn't from like the original creator. No, no that right? was just like fans. Like, yeah. The other I, things I'm thinking of are like Mighty Number no. Nine was an infamous a, disaster. A yeah, with um, ukulele, I think it's really interesting that for the sequel, uh, which we haven't talked about at all, but it's coming out this year. They announced it like a month ago, it's and crazy. it's um, going to be a 2D side scroller. Right. Instead, they're going back to even further rare roots. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to your point. And then there was also uh, like Tiny Metal was the Advance War successor from yep. the original oh, developer. Yeah. There's also one that they're that... now making a follow up of that's supposed to be better than the original because the original wasn't like again just not like none of these spiritual successors from the original creator Kickstarters are like really hitting it out of the park. And even Bloodstained, which I'm really enjoying, even Bloodstained when you play it, you can feel that it's like kind of like. It's a great game. It's just not like the best made game. It's a little rickety. Wise, it's a little rickety. Yeah. Rickety is a good way of putting yeah. it. It's got <laughs> it's like, bugs here and there. It's yeah. a little got rough edges here and there. And that yep. doesn't luckily the the core of the game is so much fun and so well made that like it doesn't really distract enough from that. But it's ve- been very interesting to see all these venerated developers go to Kickstarter say, "We're going to do what we did" and then put out these products that are just a little bit off. Well, it's that I think that's what you you the the freedom and independence you gain of being removed from a major studio is also sort of a pain point when you're removed from a major studio. Right. You don't have the benefit of that budget of that team of being able to come in and go, can we have three, four, five, six more months to polish this? Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting scenario. I was just going to say, and that 
all of these Kickstarters came up in the time when the AA was still gone. Yeah. Whereas like AA is coming back and a lot of these games I could see being published by like a THQ Nordic or even yep. like mm-hmm. a 505 or something like that. Whereas back then that wasn't as prominent of an outlet as it is right now. Totally, um, totally. And I, so I, I wonder where these franchises will go. Yeah, me too. I wonder if we're actually going to see another wave of these things or if this feels like the tail end of basically the fruits of the labor of that big Kickstarter movement from a few years ago, which, you know, also netted us stuff like Shovel Knight. But it also brought out stuff like Dennis Dyack, who was like, I'm bringing back Silicon Knights. We're going to do a brand new Eternal Darkness, but we're going to call it like Forever Nightly or whatever. (laughs) And it totally bombed. I think it bombed twice, actually. Um, I think was he was he ramping up to another Kickstarter recently? Like there's there's some things that. Yeah, they just don't really come together. And then there's other things where, like, the audience, like, uh, I what was it, Earthworm Jim or Abe's Odyssey? One of those recently. Uh, Abe's is coming back, I think. Where it, like, yeah. it did tremendously well. Where mm-hmm. you're like, holy crap. There was that. Was it Earthworm Jim or another reboot that was kind of, it was like a roguelike. Oh, uh, uh, Toe Jam and Earl. Toe Jam, yeah. Toe Jam and Earl, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hollow Knight was also a Kickstarter darling. They, yep. There are definitely yeah. successes there. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff like Star Citizen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which has been sort of chugging along, crowdfunded for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Kickstarters and Shovel Knight, a new Shovel Knight Kickstarter went up today. Yeah. Called Shovel Knight Dungeon Duels. Yeah. It is a board game. Mm-hmm. Tabletop. A one to four player competitive side scrolling board game based off of. Did Shovel you just Knight. say side scrolling board That's game? That's what they wrote. That kind of rules. I read what they wrote. And it's I'm into a that. Side scrolling right. board All game. All right. Uh, but the minis look really Did cool. Did you guys so see that Bloodborne? That Bloodborne? Kickstarter, board game, blood, yeah, Bloodboard game. See how it's doing. Uh, Boardborn. That's doing just fine. People are throwing money at. I, yeah, it's. A small I have the game. I have the Bloodborne card game still. I haven't played it yet. Mm. I heard it. I heard is uh, punishing. Mm. Yeah, all the cards all... are really sharp. Yeah, you cut your hands. I hear it's the Dark Souls of card games. Yeah. Oh, that's by it's. Uh, I don't damn. give a crap about the game. I want those miniatures to paint them. I want to make them they're cute. Well, it's it's by the people who are doing the God of War card game also. Uh, mm-hmm. C M O N. All right. Simon. Simon. I, I Can people make Bloodborne on. toys out of all the beasts and monsters in that game, please? Thank you. You know what? That's the the biggest crime is that if that game had come out in like 2001, we would have had like three waves of McFarlane toys. Oh, my God. He would, have made, <laughs> he would have made that wolf that hangs on the side of the wall. I know. I like how we both went to the wolf. That's you like, want that one toys <laughs> of that damn so wolf. Good. Uh, Bloodborne, the board game, Bloodboard <laughs> raised $4 million wow. uh, as of May 14th. That was when the Kickstarter Make a sequel to that game. Make some freaking action are. figures. It's a board game. No. <laughs> That's the most Tom Marks thing. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll be honest it's with you. It's a board game. <laughs> Sekiro was was awesome. Uh the the George R. R. Martin thing sounds cool. Make Bloodborne too. Just come on. How how do you see that how do you see four million four million dollars come to a board game and not be like, We gotta we gotta make this work? They how will, do, but it's a you, side scrolling game. How do you stop that? Like what do you I'm, do with I'm that? okay with that. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Yeah. What are they gonna do with what are they gonna do with Bloodborne? How, how do you You make just more of the same? Yeah. You go to an older Yarnum and there's worse beasts. <laughs> Done. There, there are some games <laughs> where if you said the sequel is just more of the same, it would be a bad thing. Yeah. And then there are other games where if you're like, we're just making more of this. I I'd think be how many they made like four Dark Souls <laughs> games. I mean, come on, sort it out. I think like Steve Bloodborne needs to get on a boat and go someplace tropical, but still horrible. Yeah. How about Ooh, this tropical island Bloodborne? Yeah. Played that. Yeah. How about this? You fight a boss and he's half zebra, half bird. He's covered in blood and he does nothing but scream like a child. What's his Bloodborne. I don't know. Garl of the Accursed Eternal. They got any bees yeah, in that game? Her. I think they could use Doesn't more matter. bees. doesn't matter. Get an more AI bees. to generate titles of the beasts. I don't care. <laughs> I want to fight them with my whip. Uh, 
Brian, you've also been playing Sinking City at all? Uh, no, I actually haven't started that yet. Okay, you oh, have I, that. I played a Did you play that? that? Okay. Yeah, I started it. Uh, this is a game I was like really excited about. It's uh, from a glance. It's the it's a team that did a bunch of those Sherlock Holmes games, mm-hmm. which I think some people are really into. I don't know if they're. I think they're you know they're received decently. Um, but the it's basically a Lovecraftian open world mystery game, which uh, is an awesome idea. Uh, starting it out, it's a little bit clunky. I'm also not super well versed in playing sort of modern adventure games, so that could also be on me. Uh, part of me kind of sort of wishes, like I feel like often I'm usually like rolling my eyes and like trying to skip through tutorials to be like, hurry up! I know what I'm doing, but in this one case where I'm like, I could actually probably use a hand here. Like, <laughs> give me a little bit of direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's uh, it's it's gorgeous. It's um, you're it's in this like awful waterlogged city in Massachusetts and it's the 1920s and you um, I actually haven't really read much um, Lovecraft Bloodborne kind of got me interested in, in kind of checking that out but uh, Jim Sterling posted a video that made me definitely want to keep playing this game where he was dressed like a, an octopus like he was wearing an octopus hat and a, like an apron made out of meat of some sort and he was talking like to, physically not yes, his character his okay yeah well, I mean I wouldn't put it past him honestly to do that also but he does love his theatrics uh, but no, it was in, in the game, and he was. It, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. In, the, in the cutscene, it was he, this. His character was like, you know, it was one of those things where your 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 character's costume just completely destroys the illusion of the game. But he was dressed like a weird, like a, <laughs> like a sea mascot of some sort, and he was talking to like a dude from the Ku Klux Klan, and then he wound up just like shooting him, and it was like it it, it, it devolved into like a full full scale shootout. And I was like, okay, so this gets this gets crunchy and video gamey, but it's also it lets you get a little bit silly. But it's it's like clearly it's a lot of a lot of talking to weird Lovecraftian sea people in this like awful New England. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, I mean, it's, I would say it feels very much like kind of a double A game, but yeah. it's got triple A ambitions, which yeah. is cool to see. We gave it a pretty good review as well. I can't remember the exact score, but uh, John Borba, who is our resident Cthulhu nut, um, reviewed it and I, 7.8 7.8 yeah and yeah. i think he had similar thoughts where it's like a beautiful world a really cool lovecraft story and then just like kind of rough right mm-hmm. like a little clunky a little unintuitive but if you can kind of enjoy the world it's it's definitely definitely worth it especially if you're into lovecraft yeah I he mean, said that there were like characters like you meet a dude who's like an ape man who is apparently like some callback to some tiny short story mm-hmm. that that Lovecraft wrote a million years ago. No, they, oh, wow. I was, we interviewed the devs about this and they kind of, they were sort of like, yeah, it's kind of like a greatest hit sort of mashup of, right. of Lovecraft stuff. And it's, I mean, it clearly shows that this is a, a, a labor of, a labor of love. Like this is them. A labor who, of Lovecraft? Yeah. I mean, it's, a it's similar. Here's the thing. Like, is it, right uh, cyberpunk and I, and I feel like, um, like Lovecraftian stuff is, is one of those sort of, I guess Lovecraft and also steampunk are, are there th- these things that have, are done best in writing mm-hmm. and they've been tackled like okay and other sort of I guess cheaper mediums and games are like to kind of play with them here and there but it's for whatever reason there haven't been like any movies that have really knocked them out the park like they never really like stuck the landing completely uh, and it's I mean you have a you know a few here and there that people always point to but like it's kind of cool like I looked it up I'm like what are some like good like Lovecraftian movies and like there aren't a lot of them like it's mm-hmm. one of those ones that like you see this sort of influence everywhere but like as far as I mean, Del Toro obviously is a huge, yeah, you know, huge fan of his stuff. One well, at the Mountains of Madness never happened, right? And I do wonder how big of a like. Obviously, we are not privy to all the board meetings that happen there, and this is a tangent. But like, I wonder how much the kind of outward 
bomb that that happened to be in terms of they never got it off the ground after yeah. all that development hell. I wonder how much that scared people off Lovecraft as a project because Del Toro is the guy you would go mm-hmm. to for that. Yeah, no, and it's it's there's a sort of d- density where it's a lot of the it's 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 wordy wordy stuff to read in the same way that like William Gibson isn't necessarily something you can pick up and dive into, but like clearly the people working on Cyberpunk are like very into that. Yeah, in the same way that like. As far as I can tell, uh, Sinking City has the same deal with with Lovecraft, which is cool, and I'm I'm happy to, I'm happy to see that because mm-hmm. I think there's I think there's also a lot of stuff in books that translates better to games than it does to movies, because um, books often have like extensive detail about like environments or you know weird just background details that you know unless you're going to spend a whole lot on set design you're not going to get properly in right a movie. right yeah um, Tom hi hello. I want you to tell me, it came out a few months ago on PS4, but I want you to tell me about why The Office is so obsessed with Slay the Spire. Ah, I thought you were going to say that. Uh, yeah, The Office is obsessed with Slay the Spire currently because it just came out on Switch, but it, it did is come available out, on PS4. It did come out on PS4 a while ago, and it is such a phenomenal game. Uh, this one came out, I think it was a year and a half, two years ago on Steam Early Access. It finally left Early Access, I think, in January or February this year. Then it came out on PS4 shortly after, and it came out on Switch recently, and it is a deck-building roguelike, uh, and don't think deck-building like Hearthstone. It's deck-building like you, uh, each run, you start with a very, very basic deck of cards, and you get more cards as you go and build up a deck and have to kind of make choices about what direction you want to go with which cards you pick, and then if you die, you go back to the beginning and you do it all again, and you kind of slowly unlock more cards and these things called relics that you can find along the way. It's just so good. There have been so many games that have tried to do deck-building roguelikes like this, and a lot of which were inspired by Slay the Spire, um, and kind of none have ever, none have really done it as well. It is just just such a cool, cool game. Uh, I think it is on a, a few people's short lists in terms of favorite games from this year, and it is one that you should, if you missed it when it came out on PS4, it is 100% worth going back to because it's the type of game that you could just consume you if you're into that sort of thing. And we are running a bit short on time. I do want to talk about our favorite games of the year so far uh, in the next coming weeks, but uh, we're running a little bit limited on time. So if you each had to pick one game that you think people should play that maybe they haven't this year. Oh, that they haven't? Yeah. Um, maybe something that's been flying under the radar. Uh, Plague Tale. Like yeah, I think that was a cool one that I think a lot of people kind of slept on. You can beat it in a few hours. It's a, sort of a lower price game. Um, super interesting setting, really great voice acting. Uh, yeah, I, I dig it a lot. And it's definitely like you know about your Bloodstains and your Sekiro's and, you know, the other, the other big ones out there. But um, that's, that's a cool one that you probably slept on. If they have it at like your local rental kiosk at the grocery store, drop five bucks and fly through it this weekend. Tom, would it be Slay the Spire for you? Or has anything else come to mind? Uh, for PS4, yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, Outer Wilds is not out on PS4 yeah. as of yet. I think it might not be at all. Or they haven't announced if it's ever going to come to stuff besides PC and Xbox. But my hope is that eventually it will, because usually those Annapurna exclusives drift over to other systems eventually. eventually. Yeah. Um, but there's no reason to think it will right now. But if that does manage to make it PS4, 
play Outer Wilds, not the Outer Worlds, but you can be excited for that one too. They're just two different games. Because it looks cool, but yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, yeah, otherwise, though, Slay the Spire, I think you absolutely is worth checking out. Uh, I will say for full disclosure, because we have to legally, Slay the Spire is published by Humble Bundle, which is a company owned by our parent company, Ziff Davis. Mm -hmm. We are separate companies, but owned by the same parent company. Yeah. Uh, IGN operates independently of Humble. Anyway, uh, Max, what about for you? Uh, I'm trying to remember what happened this year. It's been a it's been a doozy. I didn't realize it was half over <laughs> today. Uh, we, this, uh, this wasn't a big one for AAA. No, first party. My first half so. of this year has been slow. My yeah. top five games are all uh, smaller scale indie stuff, mostly Devolver or yep. PSVR. Mm. Um, so for me, uh, as you look for stuff, Max, uh, non Switch or non PS4 Katana Zero. Uh, I love that game. I played it in yep. a day. Uh, the style in that game is just incredible. It definitely feels like, I think Tom and I maybe talked about this, um, it definitely feels like part one of a larger game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of wish there was more to it because the story just kind of like, oh, that felt like the prologue. But yeah. It's still like a solid six hour, seven hour uh, experience. And there's some, the levels for me got more creative as it went along. And it really started, like the layers of what this game could do really started to unfold as you went more through. And I, I loved it by the end. Um, but on PlayStation, if you have PSVR, Blood and Truth, absolutely Ooh, play blood there and truth. it is um and then observation uh if you don't have psvr um yeah i'm gonna back you up on blood and truth for sure i was trying to remember like what was the psvr thing that i really loved and i think it was that that and trover um, have both been i still really there was trover. what there was that trover falcon age and ghost giant were kind of yeah. the big four yeah. psvr yeah. games you have like a great oh, i think we all give them in the greats Mm-hmm. I keep seeing on like slick deals and other w- deal websites where uh, PSVR bundles just periodically drop in price a lot and <laughs> go for dirt cheap and they come with like two or three games. Um, if you're waiting for that to get cheap, uh, this is I think this is the year to do it. Yeah, I think eventually there will be a you know PSVR two, mm-hmm. but it seems like it's a little way away. So I feel I, I feel like yeah. that's not I feel like that's not going to happen. Do you guys think that's going to happen near the launch of the PS5? Because I don't think it will. I don't think they'd want to detract from the yeah. launch stuff. Like I do, I think probably maybe the year after. Yeah, um, I mean that's but. such a bummer because that means we're going to be playing PlayStation Five with Move controllers. Yeah, <laughs> until the end of time. God, my dog gets obsessed looking at those things as they're flying through the air. Like the clown noses. Yeah. yeah, they're really funny. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a weird year. It's definitely been a but. Uh, I really i I want to play Resident Evil too. Oh yeah, Resident Evil is awesome. Yeah, yeah, like that came out while I was traveling. I've been traveling a lot this year, like kind of more than I have any previous year. I think you you would probably be really into it now that you've played through. You're playing before. Well, I have like a lot of a lot of sort of foggy nostalgia for for the original two, Mm -hmm. and I and absolutely no recollection of what the hell happens in it. There's there's games this year that like I played a ton of that I enjoyed that I then immediately forgot about. Like Far Far Cry New Dawn was one of those games Mm -hmm. where I was up until like three in the morning playing that game for like four nights in a row, and I like 100%ed it and then hated the story but mm-hmm. loved the world, but then stopped thinking about it. It was just like this bingy junk food weekend. Well, of and I mean, like, sports. obviously I can, I know for me only in this room's case, but like Kingdom Hearts 3 came out this year. Yeah. I oh, waited yeah. a decade for that game and it happened in January <laughs> and then the rest of the year has happened. And it's like, I really had a great time with it. It does have issues, but like, I really enjoyed it. But wow, that just like flew out the window for yeah. seven months because mm-hmm. so much else has been going on. I yeah. like the mid-year check-in thing because it's better than doing this in like November. And yeah. Like, what was January? That feels like four mm. years. Yeah. And I'd like to do a bit of a lengthier check. And a lot of you replied to me on Twitter and I think we'll talk about this more at length uh, ahead of 600 or maybe even during 600, depending on how that show plans out. But yeah. luckily this fall is uh, not at all quiet. So no. Yeah. Our 
list will definitely buff up by the end of the year. Yeah. We I'm have gonna, a lot to look forward for to. For first half of the year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just you know, make a wager here and say not enough people are playing Judgment. It came out last oh, yeah. week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of squeaking <laughs> yeah. in real close there, but, you know. I'm excited. I'm really excited yeah. to play Max is actually one of those uh, three-hour day Candy Crush kids, too. So I believe it. Look well, I don't play that. any other games. I'm a, right. a, a big old casual. <laughs> big, <laughs> big wine big, spritzer baby. Big old softcore <laughs> candy God, boy. I shouldn't have ever said that. Um <laughs> Also, just want to mention Crash Team Racing is a lot of fun. Um, the story mode gets weirdly hard. Um, surprisingly, the last couple of bosses are way more challenging than they need to be on medium. Uh, but a lot of fun. Surprisingly great racer if you don't have a Switch and have Mario Kart. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, anyway, as we get into the wrap-up portions of the show, if anyone needs to leave for meetings or any other work that is happening, I completely I think, I think we just totally played hooky on the meeting. Yeah, rules, I, think we yeah. Perfect. I, I think we had that meeting while we were eating lunch, so I don't know why. Oh, yeah, beyond. That's fine. Yeah. Worked out. Um, I want to keep doing these shout-outs. I don't have a name yet for this segment, and I'd like to have a name for the segment where we tell people to go give good vibes to people on Twitter. Um, I don't have a good name for this. So if you have a good name, please write in to beyond at IGN.com with your suggestions. I've just been calling it like a shout out each week. Um, but this week I'd like to shout out Danny O'Dwyer. Oh yeah. Good um, man. Whose no clip documentary series is a really, really awesome video series uh, going on. And I think they've put out like a lot of tremendous stuff. Uh, they're currently doing like in addition to all the larger things they're uh they put out periodically. They've also been doing sort of like an ongoing series with uh, Supergiant games for Hades, uh, which is just such a cool approach to, one, let Supergiant, uh, that they're so open of letting them see their development, but yep. also on this other side, being able to release something in almost like a TV cadence. Um, but he is at Danny O'Dwyer, at D-A-N-N-Y-O-W... Nope, I said that wrong. D-A-N-N-Y-O-D-W-Y-E-R yeah. um, on Twitter. So go shout out him. And say, uh, if you guys have anything else to add to this, feel free to. But I'm going to say, hey, Danny, no clip is amazing. Keep doing awesome stuff. Yep. Just Love Podcast Beyond. Um, he's currently in Copenhagen right now shooting a making of doc for Hitman. Um, oh, yeah. He wanted to make more cool stuff like that. We are constantly talking about how important the creative process is on the video game side. And I think a lot of studios not necessarily suffocate that, but I don't think they really elevate it because it's tough. And it's yeah. not always pretty. Uh, we talked about the God of War doc that, Danny, yeah, yeah. That, that Danny didn't work on, but it feels like something that would have come out of his camp. Um, I, I love seeing more stuff like this. So support him, support his Patreon, um, give him a high five and a hug. So, so, I mean, cool as hell because he's, I don't think he's ad powered at all. Like I think he's, it's mostly just crowdfunded. Yeah. 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 No. yeah. And which, and he's also doesn't review games. So there's no like conflicts there. He's just kind of goes in and talks to people and he does it after the games are out because surprise after games come out, people have a lot more interest in how they're made. Yeah. yeah. Which is, uh, rather than the PR nonsense, which is like, we're excited just, to focus on the specific things I, that we were here to I talk about today. hate developer diaries. <laughs> And they're in advance of the game and you don't know and it's just it's just a puff piece, you know? Well the best thing they can possibly do is disappoint somebody who is hoping something that doesn't actually come to fruition when the mm-hmm. game comes out. And no, then, I mean hearing hearing what was almost in something is some of my favorite, like that yeah. kind of, oh, yeah. kind of behind yeah. the scenes stuff. Like Yeah. So if you're a developer working on a game that's coming on PlayStation Four and you want to come talk on the show about things you couldn't or could put in your game we're really excited about. Uh, let us know. Yeah. Uh, and please Snapple again. Please sponsor me with free Snapple. Thank you. Uh, before we end, I also want to do a quick memory card. Uh, again, I don't have jingles. So, Brian, give me a memory card jingle. Memory, memory, memory card. Ah. Was that, not, not having the memory card sheet. <laughs> was that like a memorable goat? The memory card a sheep? sheep? I don't know. It, why a you sheep? You had that. I don't know. Why did you have such like a like a twangy country time? It's a jingle. It has it's nothing about, to do with it. It's, it's about it's solid state spe- media. Specific. It's the, least, it's the least agricultural thing. The sheep? No. The mem- The memory card. 
really pulled the wool over eyes on that one. Memory card is a segment here each week where we read your stories that you've written into beyond at IGN.com with the subject line memory card. Uh, they can be funny. They can be sad, heartfelt, weird, whatever. Uh, we take any and all stories. Uh, thank you all so much for continuing to write in. Uh, we have a huge backlog, but if you have written in, uh, don't worry. We're getting through them slowly but surely. And please continue to send in your stories. Uh, this, this week's comes from Joshua. Joshua says, hey, Jonathan and Podcast Beyond Crew. I've got a simple yet meaningful memory card segment for you. It involves the start of my love for video games and how that love has almost come full circle. When I was maybe five or six, I woke up one Easter morning to my first ever home video game console, the PlayStation 2. I also received my first video game, Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase for the PS1. Wow. I was and still am a big Scooby-Doo fan. Speaking of detective games, it's a good one. <laughs> it, it blew my mu- little real mind survival horror. that I was playing as my favorite character through levels in one of my favorite movies. However, that's not truly what made me fall in love with video games. The next game I received at a later date was Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage. Yeah. At the time, and especially for me, the openness of those worlds combined with the wonder and variety of it all was breathtaking. But what really made Spyro something special to me was playing the game with my dad. We would take turns playing, switching control when one of us would lose a life, and exploring the realm of Avalar with my father gave me an entirely new love and appreciation for video games, and especially Spyro. When I look back over nearly 20 years of video game playing, I can truly say my love of video games began there. Now for the full circle part, I was beyond ecstatic when the Reignited Trilogy was announced last year, not only for the pure nostalgia trip of replaying those games, but because I am now a father. While my son is only one years old right now, I can't wait for the day I get to relive the adventures of Spyro with him. To share the same experience with him as I did with my dad will be one of the most rewarding memories of my life. Thanks for all that you do. I love listening to Beyond while at work every week. You guys are awesome. Keep up the hard work and beyond. Josh. That's adorable. Thank yeah. you. It's really Thank cute. you so much, Josh, for yeah. sending that in. It's definitely the Sheep of the Week Award. Bad. Sheep of the Week. Not bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you can write in to, I love it, uh, beyond at IGN.com with your memory card segments. Again, please continue to write them in. We love them so much and really appreciate you sending all those in. Uh, we're wrapping up. I have a user-submitted trophy test if you guys want to try your luck. That sounds like a disease thing. <laughs> user-submitted trophy test? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't Do you want to see if you test positive or negative for these fun trophy facts? I guess. <laughs> My ex had a USTT. <laughs> Tom, how are you doing there? It's not true. It's, fake. It's, it's a joke. It's not real. <laughs> we can talk about the sheep again. Woof! <laughs> That's a different animal. God. That's actually the oh, wolf, no. the enemy of the sheep and of, and of Mr. Bloodborne. <laughs> Sometimes he dresses like the sheep. <laughs> Can't trust that one. Well, your name's Scott Bloodborne. Is that what you said his name was? Stephen Bloodborne. Stephen Bloodborne. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Mike wrote in to IGN.com and said, Hi, Jonathan. Love the show. Been listening for a while now. I'd love to hear you guys do a trophy test for a relatively forgotten PS3 gem, Alpha Protocol, a.k.a. Mass Effect, but with spies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a list here. Certainly way more than you need. We'll just go through them. Sure. But this way you get to pick the ones you think are best. Hope to hear it on the show soon. Uh, so Mike's trophy test for Alpha Protocol. Uh, I'm going to begin taking score on these later on, so don't worry here. Uh, these Subscri- uh, what I do in trophy test is I will give you a description of a trophy and everyone on the panel must guess what is the real trophy title. I'll give you two titles, one real, one fake. Give me the real one after you've heard this, the description. Again, I have not written these, so if you think my puns are bad, they're not my puns. But thank you, Mike, for writing all these in. Um, complete the training mission. Trophy number one is complete the training mission known as boot camp or basic training. Basic training. Yeah, I'm going to go with that too. With boot camp. The correct answer? Basic training. Yeah. Crap. Spies don't go through boot camp. Yeah. I don't know if that was like a computer joke, like it's booting up or something. Ooh, I don't I like know. That's true. Oh, That's a good one. Um, okay, complete okay. alpha protocol on hard difficulty. 
Is that called True Alpha or Hardcore? <laughs> no. What is the real name? True Alpha or Hardcore? How true. many wine spritzers were involved? True Alpha. <laughs> true. <laughs> true Alpha. Uh, I'll go with that too. I'm going to go with Hardcore. Max, you're correct. It's Hardcore. Oh, yeah. A tie a game, reversal. everyone. Your contrarian strategy has paid off. Yeah. Uh, reconcile with Alpha Protocol and stop Halbeck. Is that called Crime Buster or let bygones be bygones? Crime Buster. I'll go with bygones. I'll go with bygones this time. Yeah. Brian, you cor- are correct. It oh, is Crime man. Buster. Really? That's right. Yes. That is the real. Stupid name. <laughs> Complete the alpha other one is too. What did you want here? <laughs> That's true. Lose scenario. Complete Alpha Protocol using the recruit background. Is that called Evolution of an Action Hero or Buy Your Bootstraps? Complete alpha protocol using the recruit background. I'm going to play the boot card again and go with bootstraps. I'm going with bootstraps too because I'm, I'm imagining there was a character limit back then. <laughs> all, all in on bootstraps. You were all wrong. It's evolution. <laughs> of the there goes the, there goes the character nothing. limit. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Bet on boots. <laughs> <laughs> prevent a riot from killing hundreds in Taipei. I really do not know this game. What? Uh, prevent a riot from killing hundreds in Taipei. Is it keeping the peace or whistleblower? Keeping the peace sounds like a, a more uh, like a stronger title for stopping hundreds of people from dying. I think whistleblower. Yeah, I'll go peace. Brian and Tom, you are correct. It's I don't safe. think I like this Keeping game. Discover I'll the identity of Sung's assassin. Is it a killer unmasked or a plot uncovered? Unmasked. Yeah. I don't know. You got to pick one of the two. Uh, There's two the things. Second one. A plot uncovered. Max, you are correct. What? It is not a killer on mask. But the character wears a mask for the whole He's game, I imagine. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my favorite when we have no idea. You have no game. idea at all. Also, uh, these could all be lies. Yeah, we don't know. We just have to trust our fans. Uh, alpha lies. Romance Madison is the uh, title of that trophy. Rome ants, such as they are in Rome. Maybe a location in this game, who knows? Or That's Amore. Rome ants or that's amore. Oh man! I'm going to pick a third option, which is the bridges of Madison County. <laughs> that would have been a way better one. Yeah, uh, I'm going to uh, second one. Yeah, Rome, I'm going to go with Rome ants. I'll go with amore. You're both saying amore. You're saying romance. Yeah. The correct answer is romance. Yes. Oh, no. I knew it. Shame on you, Alpha Protocol developers. I have fond memories of making out with Allison. <laughs> Um, Madison. <laughs> Madison. I'm going to do two more. Complete the game without being seduced. What? Is that No Time for Love? I want to play this game. It's, time. <laughs> it's getting increasingly horny. No Time for Love or Hard to Get, which is the real trophy title. Uh, no Time for Love. Hard to Get. What do you two unseducible men say? Because <laughs> <laughs> hey. you're in relationships. I'll go no time also. So you're saying no time, you're saying no time, and you're Well, saying- one is a Indiana Jones. Just finish the show. <laughs> and the other one is a Rick James song. No time for love is the real answer. Sorry, Mac. I should have done <laughs> Final, Final trophy. Alienate secret agent Stephen Heck. Not Stephen Bloodborne, but Stephen Heck. Is that never trust a sociopath or get the heck out of there? Get the heck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with that one, Get too. the heck out of there. That's I'm, a good one. That's my answer, too, because that's what I want to do. You're all wrong. Ugh, I don't think never no, It doesn't matter. We picked the better one. whoever named them is wrong because yeah. we picked the We picked ones. the best one. Sorry. Whoever wrote that email is also better. I would also, I would also... You won. Congratulations. I did. Yeah. Sweet. I would also go with heck no 
And heck yeah. What the heck are you talking about? Anyway, this has been Beyond Episode 597. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your memory card, Josh. Thank you for your trophy test, Mike. Uh, thank you for listening or watching this episode. Remember, Beyond is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com in video form, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond in video form, and on all your favorite podcast services in audio. Uh, when we're not here recording or prepping Comic-Con or writing reviews or doing the news, Max... Where can people find you? You can find me, Max Scoville, on Twitter or Max Scoville on Instagram. Or just probably hanging out in the Best Buy parking lot with those seagulls. Brian, which uh, parking lot can you be found in? You can find me in the in an abandoned parking lot fighting ghosts. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Agent Pizzle. You can find me on Instagram at Brian Altano. And Tom? You can find me at the hotel bar on Wine Cooler Top <laughs> <Four> Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, spritzy night yeah spritzy night that's what my bar has wine coolers i want to go there <laughs> <laughs> and you're also tom uh, r. Marks at, on twitter. at tom r marks on twitter which uh, jonathan will never guess the middle r for yeah what is it you have to guess i thought it was recipes robert no it's not rutabaga no randolph that would have been really good riverdale no, no. river ron- city ransom ron Conkama. what it's a town in long island no, i isn't. believe yeah, you ron Conkama. But- uh, this is the train to Ron Conkoma. Ron Perlman. Uh, when you say it that way, it sounds familiar. Yes, yeah. my Such name, Brian, is Tom Ron, Ron Perlman, Perlman Marks. <laughs> Sold. Uh, thank you, Tom Ron Perlman Marks. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Max. And thank you all for watching listening at home. And as always, beyond. 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 Bartles and James. Bah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>